1: Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to one of my favorite hours of the week. It's called Forbes Factor right here on Voice America or wherever you're listening to us. I want to say welcome. Uh, If you're listening live, it's a very cool time. We always play the game. Where in the world is Forbes Riley? Well, I'm finally back home. I just spent the last three weeks in Portugal with my beautiful daughter, McKenna. And I will tell you last year we did Greece the same way. And we're we have a new thing as a family. I take each of my kids on a separate vacation and we just—oh my gosh! Just a little heads up before uh, we get into today's show. I have a very, very special guest. You're not going to want to miss. Um, He—let's just say he sold billions of something. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Uh, but coming up, you're going to meet him and then his beautiful wife. I'm so excited about today's interview. So Portugal, you know, I traveled all of Europe when I was younger with a backpack and never Portugal's like way off to that West. I thought, oh, what's the big deal? And did every other country. And since I've been back to most countries in Europe, probably four or five, six times. And my daughter said, Portugal, I'm like, "Ah, okay, let me tell you something. The most beautiful people, the nicest people, the best coastline, you know, McKenna loves to surf. We started in Lisbon, we met a whole bunch of other travelers and we went to museums and and just buildings and there's art painted on beautiful walls. Then we took a trip down to the south called Algarve, and you guys can see by my Instagram, insane photos. It's like out of a movie with these giant rocks and cliffs and caves. And then we went on the palace tours. We decided to go back up to Sintra, which is this town that looks like Disney created it out of his mind because it's like Disney meets Game of Thrones. And then we just went along surf towns and we played and we ate and we danced to music. And I will tell you, I think my daughter may wanna move there. How crazy is that? So I encourage you to take a moment and make sure that you mark time. One of the things that I learned being a mom is that my kids don't really remember the football game I went to or didn't go to or the play, maybe I did see, but we always remember our vacations. And I grew up with no money. And I thought we were rich. I don't know how I did that, but we had a, a motor home and we went down to Tampa. We went from amusement park to amusement park. And I remember thinking when I was having kids, I hope that I can afford to give my kids as good a life as I had growing up. Well, from the Great Wall of China to skiing in the Alps to hanging out on the beaches of Laguna Beach in California, I think I've done a pretty good job and I've made memories because I'll leave you with this. I redefined life. I asked a group of people in my class today. I said, do you guys have it all? And no one raised their hand. And I said, baloney on that. Let's redefine the word all. A-L-L, a loving life. Now raise your hand if you have it all. And the hands went flying. So I'm going to tell you guys, you have it all if you choose to. Then I redefined the word mom. Because when I had my babies, I couldn't wait to have two cute little infant twins. And then it was like, mom, can you change my diapers? Mom, I'm hungry, mom. I was like, oh, whoa, don't like that word, do I? And one day I realized, let's turn mom on its side. And it became moments of memories. You only remember a few moments of your mom. And I'll tell you what, carve out the ones for your kids and you look like a rock star. All right, on that note, I would like to, so speaking of mom, that's the perfect transition. I am an author. The first book that I ever did, I got paid to be a chapter in this book. I don't know if you guys heard of this book series called Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yeah, they've sold about a billion or so books. And if you don't know them, you're living under a rock. Well, one day I saw this little advertisement. It said, if you're a mom and you have some theories about how to raise kids, send it into us and we'd get hundreds of thousands of submissions. But we only we picked 200. And so I did. And I told a story of how I raised my kids. I used to raise dogs. Now they got very upset with me. So not how you raise your kids like dogs because you're not chaining them up outside. So we had to how to raise your babies like puppies. And they paid me. And I appear in, a, in, in Chicken Soup for the Soul for busy working moms. First time I was ever published. I never met the publisher of that book, though. I heard him speak. I saw him on stages. I followed his career. And today, ladies and gentlemen, He's my very special guest. Please welcome the one and only Mr. Mark Victor Hansen.
2: What a joy. We're so thankful that you did that. And I just got to hit on the memories because the only thing you take with you when you die, or the only thing that stops time is, number one, your memories, and number two, the photos or the pictures you've taken. And thank God everything has been uh, dematerialized in the phone. So you, we all have more pictures than ever. So you've got more pictures of all of Portugal. And four years ago, Crystal and I did the whole Portugal thing Ed, because one of my students says you know I wrote One Minute Millionaire and and uh, I'm even getting checks on it 20 years later but the richest guy in Portugal is our, our friend and he even took us on our honeymoon because he loved us so much because he read that book and made so much money. Isn't that
1: cool? You are insanely cool. I had heard about you and you know is it is it funny and odd being a celebrity? I know that sounds crazy but like people know you without having ever met you. Does that seem odd to you at all?
2: Just, just the opposite happens when they say, well, what do you do? I say, I write. And they say, what do you write? Chicken soup? They go, no, you didn't. And I go, what, am I supposed to be taller, shorter, fatter, thinner, uglier? What is the deal? I don't know what our author is supposed to look like, because you and I know so many. And, and they, we come in every shape, every form, every size. But somebody decides in favor of authorship. And now I'm even a publisher, as you know, Mark Vickson Library. And we even do Mark Vickson Library biography collection, which we're doing four of the best biographies, because everybody has a story. And the only way you get to live twice is if you write your story and put it in a book. Isn't that a cool idea? What a great concept. And
1: this is guys, I, we are, we are incredibly blessed. Uh, I'm just going to share a little bit more history and then we're going to dive into all about you. I, again, had heard about you. Obviously was in your book and revered you because you know, there's a couple of really great authors. Uh, one of them wrote a book called the Bible. He's up there. I haven't met him, but I hear a lot about him. Uh, no, and then there's, no, chickens- he,
2: there's 66 guys. He gave that to plus ma- apps, maps, maps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and well then there was you
2: yeah. and
1: I thought wouldn't it be fun well one day 20 years ago I was hosting an event and there was this beautiful table and said you would sat next to this very gorgeous woman and they said we would like you to auction off the other seat one side's his wife but we're going to auction off a seat sitting next to Mark Victor Hansen at this charity dinner and I will tell you my friend you went for a whole lot of money
2: <laughs> <laughs> some people are willing to pay a lot and I did, I'm giving away more charity but I am I'm so thankful I have it to give because I believe Genesis tells the truth. You're created in the image and likeness. That means you're supposed to create. You're here to contribute all the days of your life. That doesn't mean I'm 60 or 55 or 72 or 85 and quit. And I want to talk to that in one second. And then number three is you're here to be charitable. And and last night we did the opening for um, Christian Business Alliance, and, and we had three people come up that were Vietnam vets. And it's amazing. They all want to commit suicide and they want to commit suicide because they're not living fully. Like you said, all loving life and moments of memories there, they've stopped creating their memories. You've got to have a passion. You've got to have a purpose. You've got to have a destiny that is bigger, better, stronger, and heartier than you are.
1: Well, and that's true. I've got to tell you, and dreams do come true. Guys, here's the, here's the final story of the Mark Victor Hansen journey. I got to celebrate my last birthday sitting with him and his family at, at breakfast and just talk about like a dream come true, because I also go, well, I came from nowhere. Who am I to do with this? So, Mark, let's go back to square one. How did you get started?
2: Um, I was bankrupt. I was upside down. I went bankrupt so fast in New York. I went to the world's biggest library, New York Public Library, checked out a book called How to Go Bankrupt By Yourself. I'd been in graduate school with the smartest guy on the planet. Einstein's best student is my teacher for seven years. I was a slow student, obviously, in grad school. Dr. Buckminster Fuller. And I was trying to be Bucky, and that's why I went bankrupt. But we are building out of plastic, wrong time. Interest rate's 18%. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. wait. Go back for a second. So you've told the story a lot. What did you want to do when you were little?
2: I wanted to grow up and become a professional speaker i saw i love people that could speak from the peak i loved i've never been asked that question before i love my mother it was a great recontour. now we had no money and dad was a danish baker and and really good at that but you don't make money selling five cent rolls and making a penny you know i mean because he didn't do volume he did great work and it tasted delightful and he wanted me to be a baker. And, and he said, look, son, I don't think this is right for you. And I said, why, dad? He said, you don't know which end of the hammer to hold. I said, dad, I think I want to be an intellectual. I don't know what one of those is, but I want to be one.
1: <laughs> wow. And where was it? Where would you grow up? Where was this?
2: Waukegan, Illinois, outside of Chicago, north of Chicago. It's a little Danish. Almost all. I thought everybody was Danish. I thought one had, had blue eyes. Like my parents came from Denmark, of course, during World War II. And I thought everybody had blue eyes and blonde hair.
1: Now, so you, you really said you, I didn't even know what speakers were until I was like in my thirties. How did you me? How did you hear your first speaker?
2: Well, there's a, th- a thing called the Chautauqua seeker, uh, speaker, speaker, speakers <laughs> um, seminars. that was traveling around the country at that time. And, and I was so blessed And my parents didn't have books at home, right? We didn't, we didn't have any money. So books weren't something that you had. And all of a sudden then I get to be a sophomore in English with this genius named John Reinhardt. And his wife later told me, God, Johnny would have books on the ceiling if there's only a way to stick them there. And and he got me first addicted to reading, then addicted to writing, and then addicted to going and hearing great and inspiring speakers that would be life-changing. And he even let my brother and my, I owned a rock group. By the time I was 16, the Beatles came out and I started a rock group called The Messengers, which my wife will be on with us in a few minutes, said is pretty prophetic of what you do for your life. And, um, to take that whole story this guy so wowed my soul I wanted to grow up and become a writer and a speaker and we went to all these meetings that uh, when I won the book of the year my parents had passed away I brought Mr. and Ms. Reinhardt in front of 60,000 people at McCormick Place to say you know I was back to what you said I'm selling more books than anybody second best to the Bible than nonfiction. so that's like and I did do chicken soup for the soul Bible so it's sort of like way cool.
1: I love the fact that a speaker had that kind of effect on you. I just had a very powerful moment. There's a guy out there named um uh it's not Jeffrey Starr, it's Patrick Starr. Patrick has got millions of followers, famous makeup artist. I'm a fan of his. He got me in a private room on Clubhouse not long ago. And he said, Forbes, I have to tell you something. I'm like, what? How do you even know my name? He said, because when I was 15 years old, I was a little Filipino boy in high heels sitting in the front row in Tampa. And I listened to you talk about pitching. You changed my life. And I think about you all the time. Wow, right?
2: So that's why we need more speakers, more writers, more thinkers, more thought leaders, because there's 8 billion people and less than, a couple hundred thousand of us are in the equation of, of fundamental abundance, which Christ said, come, I, I've come that you might have life and have more abundantly. And he only taught surplus. God only deals in surplus. You're supposed to have an ever expanding life that is ever improving and creating extraordinary memories. Cause you're not, I'm dull. If you're bored, it's cause you're boring. <laughs> you, here, you know, I <laughs> love I that. promise you having been with Ford at and McKenna and her husband, they are anything but boring.
1: <laughs> we definitely try to keep this a very interesting life. So, by the way, I don't think a lot of people know Buckminster Filler. I went and studied with you know his disciples about money and you, and it's kind of brilliant that he was one of your teachers.
2: Oh, I taught um, a lot of the money and you conferences with uh, the girl from Singapore. What was her oh, name? yeah, yeah. And That's so, I think small yeah, world. Bucky was a genius. Wrote forty books. Thousands of inventions. Like everything. Let me just do one that's important to today, and that is he did a Dymaxian map that has no distortions. He made it on an icosahedron, 20 triangles around a globe. But the point is, he said there's not seven oceans, there's one ocean, and today we're overheating Florida at 101 degrees. Now, some people are going to see this later on and not know. Ladies and gentlemen, we do not have global warming. We've got global idiocy, global ignorance, global political people that don't know what they're talking about because... One of the books we're doing at Mark Victor Hansen Publishing, we had a little 12-year-old kid who heard me talk and said, you said if we plant a trillion trees, we can end global warming. I said, that's true. So I told him the story of Johnny Appleseed, which you know. Johnny Appleseed was a real guy. Uh, John Chapman ate apples, saved 15,000 apple seeds, planted them from New York out to Illinois. And, and this kid said, well, what should I do? I said, well, you want to plant a trillion trees. So we did his book called The Treehouse. House. little Ethan, he's 12 years old. He's going to plant a trillion trees. That'll balance soil ecology, get the weather back. And he's doing it every day with, with um, drones at 100 an hour, Melber- mulberry to apple for one simple reason. He and I have agreed even though he's only 12, but he's already worth a quarter million because his parents taught him how to invest and buy real estate. And he passed the real estate test at eight years old. These guys are geniuses. The point is, he's going to make sure everyone's got food. Why should anyone, as we're making this, it's 2023. We're in a time of abundance, but we got idiots in leadership. We need leaders that have a real, real mind power and really are reading to lead because you can't be freed unless you read. And, and you say, well, that's because you're a book author and you do YouTube every day. No, it's because everyone should use the optimum and the maximum of their imagination and mind power and intuition power, not the minimum. Well, I'm an engineer and this is all I do. I do this, 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 and then I go home, drink beers, crash them on my head. No, that's not what you're supposed to do. Wow.
1: All right, let me go back. because you, The thing about you, your mind also thinks so fast. For everyone who doesn't know, go back to day one. Chicken can sue for the soul. How did it happen?
2: Jack and I are talking to 6,000 people down in, in, uh, at the Madala Foundation, and and I was the tie-up. He was the kickoff, and he comes up to me at the end and said, you know who I am? I said, heck yeah, you're Jack Canfield. You've sold 370,000 copies of um, How to Build Self-Stream in a Classroom, and, and uh, you graduated third in your class at Harvard. He said, man, how do you know all that? I said, I, if, when I read somebody's bio, I own it for the rest of my life. I got... Perfect retention on biography for whatever reason or not an autobiography. Anyhow, we went to dinner. I, he said, Can you show me how to make money? Because he was only making a hundred grand. And I said, Man, you need to be making a minimum of a million a year. And and his wife was a doctor and he put all the pictures on the ceiling, visualizing to realizing, which is a book and it t- said tapes that are still out and selling. I'm thankful, knock on wood. Anyhow, um, she said, Oh, you don't really believe all that crap, Mark Victor Hansen said. And he went from a hundred thousand to a million. And he, I taught him how to do heart touching, soul penetrating stories, which is a subtitle on our book series. We did it. 144 publishers all said hit the road. And the joke is, of course, hit the road, Jack. And I said, it's okay if you don't like him, but I'm a nice guy.
1: Oh, that's very <laughs> Wonderful.
2: funny. Yeah. Matter of fact, we wrote each other today. We're close friends. So, because uh, we're just today as we're doing this, um, Harry Potter is, is beat us by a few books sold. Interesting, but they're fiction. I'm the best nonfiction author in the world. Okay,
1: world wait. World. You, so I, you, num, breathe, Mark, breathe. Because yeah. I, we can, I can only hear so fast. And I know I love you and I've listened to you. Guys, what you're talking about, number one, is Jack Canfield, the partner who, who co-authored and co-created Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yeah. You then, yeah. Which I think is kind of a goofy title. How did the, why is it done? What does it do so well?
2: We, well, you should have seen a really goofy title we had. And what we did is, is what we teach in the current book that Crystal and I wrote, which is now usurping chicken soup sales is called ask the bridge from your dreams, your destiny. But what we teach is a principle that Jack and I use before you go to sleep at night, whatever your dominating thought wants to be, you're going to get an answer to. So he said, Mega best-selling title, 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 101 times in my bedroom in Newport Beach. Jack, by this time, is up in Santa Barbara. He calls me at 2.58 in the morning. This is 1989, and it's before cell phones, so that wakes up. I have a whole house. My little daughter's becoming a veterinarian. we got 88 animals on an acre. It's gone nuts. There's noise, and, and I said, Jack, this had better be good. He said, chicken soup. I said, for the soul, and we both got goosebumps. Now, we have seven models in chicken soup: goosebumps, God bumps, chili bumps, instantaneous behavioral change. I can tell you all seven. That's not the point. The point to make a chicken soup story like you wrote for us, it had to be this highway and here's the curbs. And when we had thousands of people come up to each of us individually and say, "You didn't use my story. I'm not a nice person." I said, "No, no. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do the story it didn't resonate with us. And if it doesn't resonate with us and test out well, we don't use it."
1: I trust me. I feel very honored. There was a strange, stressful time. I just lost both my parents and just had two babies and it was nine 11 and all of the craziness yep. in the world happened. And I was so proud that I got into this, this behemoth book. So thank you for letting me, my story fly.
2: We are honored and thankful to have had you, have you with us.
1: What a journey that you have been on. How many books have you guys sold?
2: Uh, somewhere between 500 million, 600 million. And my goal is, was and is to sell a billion books because no one's ever done it. Now the Bible sold 3.5 billion. And when I wanted to do chicken soup for the Sold Bible, again, our publisher HCI, which is wonderful guy, Peter Vegzo said, that'll never sell. And I said, just write me a letter and give me permission. So I took it to to uh, Thomas Nelson and, and we sold 70,000 a week because I said, look, people are afraid of the Bible because it comes with black cover and somebody's been throwing it at them. Let me try it with my comp- corporate colors, as you know, are. of purple and gold, right? God's highest colors. And, and then we'll do a little story to get you into the big story. And it just went nuts. Everybody bought one because, hey, here's a non-threatening Bible. And I love chicken soup and I love little stories. And here's a story that'll explain who Solomon was and who Jesus was and Moses, which I wrote. And I thought, oh, that's like so cool. And now we're redoing it with, we're going on radio show to 150,000 hours of radio. I, I'm sure you know David Sams. He owns, um, uh, 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 da, 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 da. he owns contagious enthusiasm radio he owns keep the faith radio he owns all the big radio but he found oprah and then he found us crystal and I, to do all this
1: i love this we're going to meet your beautiful wife in just a minute uh one of the things that you're focused on and i want to just hear it from you is that you encourage that everyone does have a story Absolutely. and now created a publishing house so for all the entrepreneurs who are listening what's the advice that you give us
2: Uh, Everybody ought to go to our website, markvictorhansonlibrary.com, because I'm library 3.0. Library 1.0 is Alexander the Great. He can can congealed all the information of the world back then. Library 2.0 in New York is obviously Andrew Carnegie gave us 4,000 free libraries because he wanted everyone to have a chance to elevate their life, make themselves indispensable, master their art form, and then we're library 3.0 where Today, it's really tough to get into a major house. And I'm with eight houses because I've been a prolific writer. Like I said, 320 books authored or co-authored in random house. All, I love everybody in the book business. So this isn't a slam, but they, the book business is, is you know, like every business. There's some competition now. So we created a publishing company that we help people. We ghost edit their books to perfection. We ghost write their books to perfection or if they can afford it. We think everybody ought to do their biography because when you die, if you have some wealth, you don't want to give your kids wealth. And let me do a personal story. My oldest brother, 11 years older than me, just died. I had no idea how wealthy this guy was because he is—he had a photographic memory and he was brilliant in what he did. But he left money to his four kids divided, lots of money. And two of them have already died of drugs because money, like our friend Jim Rowan, who I did lots of talks around the world with. And a master philosopher of business, Jimmy said, money makes you more of who you are. And the trouble is if you're doing something stupid to yourself, you get stupider or deleterious to your health. So what we're saying is, look, let us help you write your biography because everyone needs one. You need one every decade, but you got to live, teach the values that you live, the principles, the philosophy, the culture. And you overcame the odds and because everybody thinks, well, Grandpa didn't have any problem and he became a millionaire, a cent millionaire, a billionaire. No, Grandpa had lots of problems. I mean, my hero, Elon Musk, which I've done more YouTubes on than anybody, uh, comparing him to everybody from Andrew Carnegie, who I'm a scholar in, to anybody. And the point is, he has nothing of a problem, but he doesn't get stuck at the problem because what Christ said is be in the world, but not of the world. And I'm saying that, the newest thing I'm doing on Elon is that he's the only guy in the world with a 200 IQ base and all the current testing because he works 18 to 20 hours every day, seven days a week. He's pushing the edge of the envelope, but he doesn't have one business. <laughs> he has seven, and he's going to figure out how to make the world work, and he's getting everybody to come on board with him. It is I can go deep on that if you want, but I'm not here really to so sell Tesla and Starlink and Neuralink and all that, all of which I'm scholarly in.
1: I I love this. You know, talking to you just fuels my soul and ignites my heart. So everyone should have a story. Um, What's one of the biggest obstacles that you personally overcame and how'd you do it?
2: Well, let's just stay in the book business. Chicken Soup at the Soul, we're selling 20,000 a week. We should be number one. And the lady at New York Times who was a classmate of Jack's, and Jack, as I said, was third in his class. So he's in front of her somewhere. And I said, Jack, there's only 500 in the class. You knew everybody. I don't know anyone, but this lady at, at New York Times is thwarting us. So he said, blah, blah, blah. I'm scared to call her. I said, oh, God, I've been selling since I was nine years old because my parents had no money. And I'd love to have freedom because I teach money freedom, time freedom, relationship freedom, and impassionately purposeful freedom. But you got to have the money to pull off the other sequentially. Anyhow, so I'll call her. So I call her up and I say, uh, we really should be number one. We're selling 20,000 a week. She said, sir with disdain and upset. She says, you are a multi-authored book. Like, that's a surprise to me. Mentally, I'm thinking. (laughs) She said, we at New York Times don't do multi-authored books. I said, you're positive. She says, I'm positive. I said, lady, back to what I said to you, you do the Bible. It's got 66 authors and then maps 720. She said, son, You're in next week.
1: (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. What a beautiful story of perseverance and the idea of picking up the phone, which some days I have, I struggle with. I'm outgoing, but picking up the phone has been one of my issues too. So take it now from Mark. If you want to be number one, you got to pick up the phone.
2: That's right. Uh, And you got a way we handle rejection, which that's a real reason Jack didn't want to call. He didn't want to get rejected. So I said, look, there's one clean four-letter word that'll handle all rejection clean. N-E-X-T right? You're going to keep saying next. And, and if you got to pester her until we get there or whatever, but we were deserving and desiring. And because I teach ask, ask and you shall receive. And we teach you got to ask yourself, others, and God. I, I'd done all that. So I knew it had to come to pass. And then we we're 58 weeks, number one, because I interviewed the 101 best-selling author. See, this is a part most people miss. Whatever industry, whatever task you're doing, there's somebody that concurrently is the best at it, go interview them at depth about what's needed. Now, everybody, all the authors I talked to, whether it was Wayne Dyer or Scott Peck, they all said, everybody comes to me and says, how do you write? Hell, if you have to ask that question, you're not gonna be a writer, right? I knew how to write, and, and dramatically and positively. So I said, how did you market more books than anyone? Well, I'm the only guy with 202 answers to doing that, and I wrote a while of a business plan that said, here's my trajectory to get to a billion books, which I'm over halfway to goal, and I'm going to live be 127 with options for renewal. So I'm going to pull this off. And if I don't, the books will gain momentum by themselves. Like Mark Twain's book still sells. The Bible's depends on what you want to call it, 6,000 or 3,000 or 2,000 years old. It's still selling pretty well.
1: <laughs> hey, so something kind of cool happened along the way. You met this amazing woman. And in a couple of minutes after our first break, we're going to bring on your beautiful wife, Crystal, who's also an author and so much on her own. Give us a little insight. How did you guys meet?
2: Well, I'd gone through a painful, extraordinarily expensive divorce because of trust and all that stuff. So I literally do the principles I teach. I teach you got to figure out what you want. you got to put it in writing. That's spiritual law. Visualize it to realize it so you see it before you can have it. Live in the assumption of the wish fulfilled. And then two, you want to have become one. It's called One Flesh in the Genesis in the Bible. I wrote down what would it take me to have one flesh, meaning I got to implode those values, those virtues, those characteristics. I wrote down 267 things I needed in my what I thought was going to be my soulmate. Now I know it's a one flesh twin flame thing where we light each other and and we literally spend you know, 24, 365 together, go everywhere, do everything. And, and like last night at this giant meeting at, with this, uh, Christian Business Alliance's launch uh, the people in the audience. That's the only thing they add. They, we taught all this cool stuff. Everybody said, we love it. But they said, how do you guys, I, we see why David Sams, the guy who created um, Wheel of Fortune and, and, Um, Jeopardy and all those things when he was at King Features and found Oprah and Oz and all that. Now he found us and said, we're going to make you the biggest of the big. He said, And he said, you've got to teach how you have magnificence in living relationships where you get God's signature on your heart and you have a true love ask. Because everybody's got to ask every day for what they want. And and you've got to come and, and have cooperative harmony. And when Crystal comes back, she'll show you the triangle of success now that we finally discovered what it is by looking at it deeply thanks to all that we're doing
1: all right so we're getting we're bumping up to our very first break of the show uh i want to say thank you to our sponsors thank you to mark victor we're going to come back with his beautiful bride you're going to hear something extraordinary about the book they've created and the trajectory they're on and there might even be a movie in their future who knows you're not going to want to miss this part of the episode so come right back you're listening to forbes factor where we focus on health wealth and happiness and today matt we have got all of those don't go away
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes, guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym, so try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today.
2: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call one 866 472 5788 That's one 866 472 5788 Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now, back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey,
1: everybody. If you're watching live, the screen just got better looking. Uh, <laughs> and you have to find out. You have to go to Facebook to figure out why. But we're heard on radio around the world. And I want to thank all my producers at Voice America for being so, so positive and uplifting. We've been here almost a decade. Uh, today, my guest just has ignited my heart and my head. Uh, and that's hard to do. Hard to meet really smart people that challenge you. Uh, but Mark Victor Hansen is here, the creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul, among other things, and the husband to the very beautiful, outstanding who I've had as a guest, Miss Crystal Hansen. Thank Welcome you. back
3: thank you so I, happy I, to be here with you it's always fun to be with you
2: <laughs> i call her the goddess of exquisiteness how's that
1: well she she just looked you know it's funny yeah it's it's not only extraordinary on the outside but i've had a chance to hang with you on hang with you on the inside i don't think that reads right <laughs> <laughs> get to know the inside yeah <laughs> yeah well we know what i mean we but know what's I mean. cool one of the cool things that mark mentioned that i don't ever hear and i don't think most people do is the amount of time that you both spend together and the love that you have I mean, I'm very passionate. My husband and I have been together, my second husband, for six years, and I'm I, I, 24-7. We have no problem. But most people think that's unusual, odd, or have no idea how you could stand it. What's, <laughs> the, se- what's the secret?
2: I told you, she'd, you'd share this uh, triangle secret.
3: Yeah, right. It, you know, it's funny because I don't know if Mark told you, but we've just been engaged by um, David Sams, to who Keep the Faith Radio. They have, he uh, owns 150,000 hours. Of Christian radio t- time. So, um, we're working on a pro he loved our ask program from our ask book. We created a program, wanted to market that to his people. And what came from that is he also, he said, you guys are just so good together. We need to do a marriage program. <laughs> so oh, wow. we're creating the, um, the true love ask program right now, and we'll be filming and recording all of that in, um, September, but it really caused Mark and I to, to get like, granular about, you know, we we love our relationship, but we're kind of like, what is it that, that makes it work? And um we've come up with some really interesting things for and one of the things I think that I'd like to share with you is we came up with this thing called uh, the true love triangle. There's a there's a there's a triangle of of values. And what that true love triangle is is um at the top of the triangle is sacred awareness. We say, you know, marriage wasn't your idea, it's God's idea. He created a man, a woman for a man, man for a woman, they were created, you know, as to become one flesh, a one flesh partnership. And interestingly, if you read Genesis, it says they were both men and women are created in God's image. So, you know, you're like this God pair, this God energy pair. And um, we just feel like that, that sacred awareness, number one is so important that your marriage isn't a frivolous thing. It's a very important thing. And it sets I think it's, it's God's gift to mankind to be able to set us up for this really stable foundation for our lives. I mean, it's so much, yes, it's more, it brings more challenges. It brings more um, interesting moments, but it also brings such stability to your life. If you can well, get
1: that one flesh relationship. Well, so hang on there. So if 50% of marriages end in divorce, right? what's the missing link here?
3: Well, the missing link. So that's sacred awareness is number one. The next one is generosity. And this generation, we, we, we feel like this generation is particularly having a hard time with this because, um, everything is, this is more the me generation. I can do this. It's all about me. Right. But to have a successful marriage, you have to be generous with your time, generous with yourself, generous with your belongings, generous with everything, right? It's this huge generosity, that you have to have, or or
1: your marriage will not succeed. It, it will not be a happy place to be. So I just taught a healing training before I met you, before today. And one of the things that came up was overwhelm. Mark, you're very busy. You've done a lot. Crystal, you're very busy. How do you deal with overwhelm, especially in light of generosity?
3: Right, in terms of the generosity of time. Um, you know, it's really... I think a lot of it is planning together, you know, just communicating like, okay, what's on our plate? Mark and I, we love that morning planning time together. We try to do every single morning, unless it's like, we have to be out the door at five o'clock for some reason, but we try to give ourselves that hour or, or, you know, at least a half hour of sitting there kind of meditation prayer and then planning, like, what is our day? What are our priorities? This is what he has to do. I have to do. We have to do. And just, just, you know, teeing that up together every day keeps us on the same page. So, you know, we're moving together as a team all the time. And I think if you do that, it's okay. If you get busy, it's okay. It's like, okay, you've got this. I've got this but together we've got this you know <laughs> and the third one what's the third the one the third one is respect okay so sacred awareness at the top generosity and respect right you have to respect your your spouse and and that means you know really never robbing your spouse of their dignity and and think you have to think deeply about that one the things that that you can do you know couples get into these patterns almost patterns of contempt saying little snide things Putting each other down, um, you know, maybe not being focused on the marriage, couples like looking outside to other people, being too, you know, all of those things. It's like never rob your spouse of their dignity. Always show tremendous, the utmost respect for your
1: spouse. Well, I will tell you what I've just witnessed. See, I've spent time with Mark. No one shuts that man up. That man talks and is heard. (laughs) And I'm watching him. He's not moving. He's not interrupting. He is letting his beautiful talk about generosity and respect in action. It's extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Mark, congratulations. Thank
2: you. Thank you. She taught me that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we you know
3: we've learned so much together because we wanted. You know, we were both in marriages before Forbes, and we wanted this to work. I mean, we go through when we're we're going to do this uh, challenge before the program. It's the three day challenge, and we talk about when you come to a relationship, you come with tons of baggage. I don't care who you are, how great you think you are, how functional you think you are. We all come to relationships with our own baggage. And we have to be willing to look at that and say, you know, what kind of baggage am I bringing? And um, it's easy to get self-righteous in your own baggage, like, but, you know, we have to examine it, put it on the table and then say, okay, time to let that go. That's not going to serve this marriage.
1: Well, so let's back up. I'm sure you heard about chicken soup before you met Mark. Yes. Yes, I did. And so what was your impression when you met the man who created the monster?
3: Well, it's so funny because my daughter was especially interested in chicken soup with a soul. Kelly she started buying you know when she was a kid she she loved self help books i mean totally opposite of my other daughter Shannon who read harry potter you know fantasy Kelly was obsessed with self-help and she wanted every chicken soup for the dog lovers, chicken soup for the horse lover, chicken soup for the kids, soul, the teenage, soul, the preteen, the teen. I mean, so she had a stack of chicken soup for the soul books. And honestly, that was my biggest exposure to chicken soup for the soul, just her love for them. And I remember I had seen in the early days, I saw Mark on a, a daytime television show. And I don't remember, might've been on the today show. And I thought, oh, that guy seems seems nice. You know, he's he's easy to listen to, nice guy, you know, and um, but didn't think much of it. You know, he's this guy that wrote this chicken soup that was becoming such a phenomenon. And then uh, it was really cute when I started dating Mark and I was finally ready to let him meet my kids, you know, because I was very protective of my kids. At first, I didn't like let people in their lives. So um, I told her, I said, you know, how would you like to get your chicken soup for the soul books by the author? <laughs> I told her I had a date. And then, then I kind of broke the news and she's like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> so it was really cute. He came over, he signed all her books.
2: It was really,
3: really, really special.
2: Well, there's a line yeah. that fits there that you need to hear. And that is for every one of you, the creator of whatever you're creating is greater than his or her creation. So Well, I created that with Jack, and I've created now Ask with Crystal, but it it keeps expanding and improving, and that's what's going to make the world work. If everybody uses their full potential, then that's what you and I as friends are trying to do. We're being the gadflies to stab people's spirits alive that are watching us on whether it's Voice of America or YouTube or Facebook or wherever – and and the more they listen, the more they'll change their attitudes. They'll get out of depression, despondency, disconsolence. True. And they're going to do what we're teaching. Now, ask yourself, well, how, what is my full potential in my relationship? What is my full potential in my physical body? What is it with your husband as a master maestro? He's got muscles on his muscles, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure she's had him on the air with you. And, and he's a wonderful guy and he brilliant. It. And he, he has no better sense than to befriend us thanks to her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I appreciate that. Yes, I, I did. I did strive for the best in some areas. Um, yeah. So yeah. let's 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 unpack for a second. We know chicken soup. Then you guys decided to write this book called Ask, which is doing very well. Uh, what are both of you explained to me the premise behind it and why we want to read this?
3: So, you know, we, what we realized Forbes, cause you know, we've spoken all over the world. We get to speak to so many people and it's funny. You meet these people who are so beautiful, interesting personalities, skilled, talented, but it's kind of like they're falling short of their potential. And so Mark and I are like, what is it? What's that thing? What's that it factor to, to help people who are struggling, you know, the challenges yeah. and tribulations people are going through it. it's just like, why is this happening? And, and then we would sit in our, in our morning meeting and, I, and we said, you know, what, we both had our challenges individually, together. What was the one thing, if we could give someone a magic key that, that got us through our challenges? And what we realized is that we were able to, and we're both really good at this, being able to ask the right questions at the right time in the right way to the right person to be able to cause a change, to be able to generate a new answer, a new plan, a new illumination, Right, and just the ability to be a good asker changes everything. And as we got deeper into this, we're like, we are onto something because people don't pay attention enough to the questions they're asking. And we we said there are three channels through which you need to learn to ask, and those are ask yourself, which is your reflective journey; ask others, which is the bonding journey. You cannot do this life alone. We need each other. We need the feedback. We need the help. Ask ask yourself, ask others, and ask. God because that puts it in a pers- broader perspective beyond you beyond our selfish narcissistic needs you know it's like what is my purpose in on this earth in this world to this to humanity what is my kingdom purpose we like to say you know and so that's the asking God part and when you start to do that regularly everything just starts to line up in this most beautiful way and that's why we call it the subtitle is The bridge from your dreams to your destiny. That is how you find your destiny.
2: And and we ask everyone to not get one of them, but get two and share it with your spouse or spouse equivalent or mastermind partner, business partner, church, temple, ashram, mosque, guru partner, whoever that is. Because if you'll go through the 178 questions based on tons of emails, we get letters and people coming up to us and, oh, my God, your book changed my life. That's what books do and that's why Andrew Carnegie gave us the libraries. And what we want to do is give everybody a way to have their back to what you guys are at voice of America. We want to give everybody their voice to the world and voice to the total future, because everyone ought to write their story for the next five generations. What are you going to have as an impact on your kids, your grandkids, your great, 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 great grandkids. Right. I mean, my teacher who we talked about, Bucky Fuller, had to read the biographies all the way back to five generations to the guy who created Divinity School at Harvard was his great, 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 great grandfather, Ralph Waldo Emerson. I'll bet you didn't know that.
1: No, I had no idea. That's a, that's a crazy connection. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. There's such, there such greatness if you look around and I love the idea of asking, you know, it's just funny how sometimes you don't have the courage to ask. And I think that's an, another thing. You teach a training on this, don't you?
3: Yes, we do. And and you can go get the book and you go to you can go to our free masterclass, um, thebookask.com. So grab the book on Amazon and just put your receipt number in, and that's a that's a free masterclass. But yeah, people are so terrified. The funny thing is, is we did so much research on this book. Well, first of all, the research shows, science shows that when you ask yourself a question, okay, where this is back to asking yourself, a different part of your brain lights up. And it's the part of your brain that does critical thinking. When you ask yourself questions, you start to utilize your own brain better. It's a remarkable Ooh. thing. That alone. Asking others, the other um, part of the study, some of the studies that we that we looked at were that most people coming into the study were had this perception that if they asked somebody for help, information, advice, they would be perceived as being pushy, obnoxious, annoying, right? That was the perception of everyone right. in the study. Opposite was true that if you did just put yourself out there and ask, that most people were pretty eager and willing to help. There are 80% more likely chance that you'll get your request granted if you just ask.
1: And then also, as Mark mentioned earlier, to understand and come to grips with what does it mean to get a no. And in my world, it means never-ending opportunity. So getting a no is not a terrible thing.
3: I love that never-ending opportunity. I I, 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 I I
2: love
1: that. Mark, you're going to have to publish my book on redefinitions from having it all to the word mom, to how I define diet, to all of these. I, I redefined every word for myself because at some point I was so frustrated with other people's definitions and I found the true happiness is redefining who you are to you through all the ways you speak to yourself. I love
3: how I, you think. I love it. Let, let me, I love it. Love
2: let, it. I love that. No, to switch. We're close friends with Peter Goober, who's done 50 Academy Award things, owns the Golden State Warriors. And we love Peter and he loves us. So and I wrote good. the Ford to his book, of course, Tell the Ask. Ask, tell the ask. Tell the win. He, tell the win. Sorry. I've got to ask on the brain, <laughs> so of course. Books. And, and by the way, somebody just gave us a t-shirt. This is, this is fun. Said, oh. do you think my ask is too big?
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. That is great. The ask, yeah, ask. the word
3: ask is huge across the T-shirt. It says, do you think my ask is too big?
2: So back to Peter Guber. He said, Mark's the only guy that when I tell him no, he thinks it means he's dyslexic. He thinks it means on.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that too. That's perfect. That hey, let me ask you guys a question. You are so passionate about leaving legacies and all that you're doing. And obviously your legacy is far going to outlive all of us. Is there a shift in the universe right now? Is, that, here's a, before you answer that. Life has always been challenging. There was a time when if a kid was 17, he'd have to go off to war. Uh, There was Hiroshima. There was Vietnam. There's all crazy times. I'm only alive in this one. Are things weirder now, Mark? And I know you've been around a little bit longer. What's going on in the temperature and the fabric of our country, our world? Is there something that we should be paying attention to?
2: Absolutely. What happens is you got to shut off all the negative media and watch podcasts like yours and shows like this because what you think about my cliche comes about, right? I write all those quote books and your input determines your processing and your output. Therefore you got to be careful what your input is because the world's always going to have a binary, a good and evil. I mean, that's every movie, whether it's Harry Potter or whatever, you sure. know, the current movies is good and evil. And what happens is we believe and we travel because we're remodeling our house we're traveling extensively this summer we haven't been able to live in our own house or stay in one place been to eight houses in eight weeks so that we rent a house in different places and enjoyed everywhere idaho california all all over but the point is all the people are basically nice all the people are well-meaning unless they're getting too much negative input like peter demanda says they're watching too much of the crisis news network and they're believing it. There's problems, but there's not a problem we can't solve with it. what we teach and believe and you believe is entrepreneurship. You take a problem, you give somebody smart enough to solve it, solve it, scale it, solve it for everybody, and make a vast profit. And that's this is the first time in history we've had a thing. And 20 years ago, we went into billionaires. We now got Forbes magazine, your namesake magazine, says 3,000. <laughs> I say there's 6,000 billionaires in, in America. And we're gonna have more than ever thanks to AI. Now, AI has got positives and negatives, but we're hang, we're part of two AI initiatives right now, or three actually, that, that are gonna change the world positively. And if we do that fast enough with morals and ethics, like Alon teaches, and he created AI Chat GPT in 2015, we're gonna to go to really high ground because it can do stuff we've never done before, never thought before, never understood before, because knowledge is powered when applied But knowledge with wise people applied is infinite. And for the first time, we're going into an infinite economy. And like I said, you got to have money freedom. So you've got time freedom. So you can think. So you can have relationship capital, relationship freedom. So everybody can get passionately on purpose about what they're supposed to be doing. And every one of us is supposed to be doing something exciting, wonderful, joyous, magnificent, and uplifting.
1: All right. So from the king of writing with the queen of writing, uh, A.I., chat GPT, all of a sudden I can put a thought in and get an entire novel in minutes. What do you think about all that?
2: Well, first of all, that that's a nice thought that you could do that. And, and obviously everybody from Jordan Peterson has said that, but it's not true because it can't think. It can only go over past information. It can't go to new horizons. It doesn't have, remember, intuition, there's a couple of eyes that God gave humans that he can't give a computer. A computer just has the data source that it's got. So if it's garbage in, garbage out. If it's unethical behavior in, which is happening a lot right now, unethical behavior out, and and that's why all the nihilists, all the atheists, all the agnostics are saying, well, it's going to be the end of the world. Like 2001: Space Odyssey. Yeah. Literally, my, my teacher's best friend was Arthur C. Clarke, Dr. Clark, who lived in six foot eight football, basketball player, and all that good stuff. But he did. You saw 2001: Space Odyssey, right?
1: I'm actually friends with Gary Lockwood to this day. He's in his mid 80s, and I talk to him all the time.
2: I don't, I don't, Who's that's the main actor, right?
1: He's the main actor. If you you know what? It'd be fun for you to connect to him. Yeah, he's an amazing man.
2: I, I would like wow. to do that. I've forgotten that. But but Clark said, "Hey, look, if this thing goes sideways and somebody doesn't put ethics and moral in it, then yeah. it kills humanity. That is a possibility, but." even Elan says 99% chance that we should stay optimistic and, and get that solved.
1: Well, do you think we're going to lose our writing skills? I mean, I, I'm not in school. I, I imagine that if I was in college right now and I had to write a paper on something, I would probably use the system. What do you think about that? It, it is a
3: concern, Forbes. It's a real concern. Um, but again, like Mark said, all AI can do is process data. It doesn't have any, any original thinking um, and no right. No soul, no intuition, no heart, no true creativity. It's just processing data. Very, well, but very as difficult.
1: I'm watching movies lately, I'm not seeing any creativity. I'm That's seeing, I'm seeing rehashed. I'm seeing the humanity out of a lot of things. And maybe that is part of the, the problem. Right. So,
3: right. It's very formulaic. That's what you're saying. You're just seeing formulas spit out again and again, but what we're seeing even in the publishing world. So it's same thing with books, people, excellent books are not being accepted by publishers. That's one of the reasons we started this company because there's so much good writing, good ideas for books that right. people want to get out there that need to be heard and need to be seen that have creativity. Those ideas are not getting out there because publishers are taking the same, you know if you're not a sports hero, if you're not a politician if it's not something ugly and nasty, politics, sports, or something extremely woke. You know, it's not being seen or heard. So we just have to keep the creativity alive. And what was really encouraging to us was what happened with the film, The Sound of Freedom. Oh my gosh, the launched. best. Isn't it amazing? But think about this. They made that and distributed that film completely 100% out of the Hollywood system. That is a first and it beat indiana jones big time at the box office in terms of what they spent on that film that's way after a couple of weeks they've done a hundred million dollars at the box office so that is people serving people people communicating with people real stories real life events people caring about what's going on in our world and caring enough that we create our own distribution system so it's really just we have played into these controlled systems. And I think people are starting to wake up. I think that's why there's so much sort of bifurcation in the world. Such polarization is things are to have been taken too far. Um, we've gotten so far away from humanity and servant leadership. It's all about obsessive power and greed and control which is so against humanity. And, and if you think about that, that's not that's not the high level of Maslow's hierarchy. That's survival. That's when you feel like you can't get enough, so you have to take from everybody. It's so tribal, you know? But um, these people that consider themselves to be so sophisticated are really operating at a, internally a very tribal fear, fear-based fear level. So-
1: Let me we add- Wait, wait, wait. Before you say that, we have three minutes left to the close of my show. So I don't want to miss anything that you guys are saying. Mark, go for it.
2: Just, just, real quick, the reason there's a writer strike and then a SAG strike, and she's part of Screen Actors Guild when she's a model and all that, and did well, but is is real simple. The writers aren't getting paid, and for old stuff that they're just regurgitating their stuff. But pretty soon, those formulaic stuff dies. People go, "God, that's so boring. I'm just going to shut you off." Exactly what you see happening in all the media shows, where where CNN's going down, and and all those shows are going to down because they're boring. They don't. They're not allowed to tell the truth. They are not having. Uh, it, what I love about Elon Musk is that he's a, a proponent, pro-free uh, pro free enterprise, pro. Uh, life, pro humanity, pro free speech—all stuff that we believe in—and that's what the writer strike is about. Is say, hey, well, look, the machine can't write what we can write. They can't create. Like she created in the front of of uh, Ask. We did the Fable of Michaela because I said, hey, look, I'm I'm of Danish descent. For 147 fables by Hans Christian. We don't have one fable in America. Well, sure enough, Hollywood bought it. Now there the strikes were stopped. But then they said, well, you gotta write it as a screenplay. She whipped out 145 pages. I mean, it was hard work, it's but but enough. she lived this fable of Michaela, it. and it's going to be bigger than Harry Potter, they say.
1: We guys, and you heard it here first. We have literally one minute left to the close. Mark, in 30 seconds, your wish for the world.
2: Uh that they all start reading my books and then write their own.
1: Ah, Crystal, go.
3: My wish for the world is that we all see the truth. Really don't. Don't let yourself be hypnotized by those who have gained control of media through unfair capital practices.
1: I love that. You guys, one of the things that, that was mentioned here is the sound of freedom. I highly recommend that you go see this very, very important movie about human sex trafficking. It is vital that we support it as people from Chicken Soup for the Soul to The Book of Ask, uh, and then the movie that's coming out based on Michaela. You guys are extraordinary. You're spearheading a crusade that I am definitely there with you. I'm waving a book in one hand and a spear in the other, whatever it is that you need. Thank you for being my guest today, Voice America. Thank you guys for airing us. We're on all the the podcast platforms around the globe. Find us, share us, give us great reviews, and tell your friends you heard it right here on Forbes Factor. Health, wealth, and happiness. Till next time, bye, everybody.